0: We acknowledge your presence. And we thank you, Lord, that this is all about you. And, Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will speak into our hearts and into our lives all that you want to say and not what I want to say. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I know you're streaming this. and I don't like to be coming up onto the platform to start controlling something, but I do feel like a bit of a star. <laughs> I, is it possible for the lights to go down a little um, on on if you're videoing? Can the lights go down a little? And can I see people in the church? Is there anybody still left? <laughs> I want to be watching to see who's walking out. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, well, that, that interpretation or lightly down (laughs) no (laughs) yes we'll be playing around for a while and my time will be up (laughs) can we get a little light so I can see people is that appropriate or what yeah that's it (laughs) because I don't I hate preaching to myself (laughs) I've done that preparing this all week (laughs) uh, Pastor Ben thank you so much Amy thank you so so much and 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 um, uh, uh, Tim and Pastor Tim, thank you. And Ali, bless you. It's so good to be here. I really appreciate it. My, and all the ministry team and those uh, that, that I know and love so much. Hey, and the accommodation, I get accommodation. I can't believe it. We have downsized uh, to another apartment. And the accommodation I'm in here is bigger than me downsized. <laughs> Last night, I got lost looking for the toilet. <laughs> I thought, man. So I, I, I text Pastor Ben and I said, I'll doubt that I'll be in in the morning. <laughs> Why should I come down here in such accommodation and not enjoy it? it it's so good. It's, it's, it really is. And thank you to the drivers. Uh, it, it's been wonderful I, getting driven from the airport and picked up and driven. But I'll tell you this. The drivers, such a blessing, but they're so sedate. <laughs> and I'm sitting there for a little bit, thinking, come on, Alan. <laughs> and then, that doesn't change a lot when I get in with Alfred. <laughs> and I think, it has to have something to do with the mountains. <laughs> I, I'm not good with slow. <laughs> I'm not good with slow. I th- and and I think, oh, but then the other side of that is, I'm sitting back there and think, well, because my wife hates travelling with me, and she tells me when we go to out again, I'll drive because I can't handle your driving. <laughs> well, Amen. It's like been in our been in our little flat. I got nowhere to escape to now. <laughs> but you know, I was so so nice and soft and gentle, and and I thought. The car's coming from the right, that's true, but I could take a semi-trailer round here. <laughs> really? Are you going to wait for all the Sydney traffic? And I thought, oh, but it was so good. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. <laughs> but then I, I finally decided that I've got to slow my mind down on this because I'm not driving. And then I slow my mind down and I sit there. I have no idea how to get out of the airport to come here anyway. And I relax. And I think, you know what, this is so nice that I could chat and talk. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a lot like my Christian life. I haven't got a clue where I'm going, but I think I do. And I've run ahead of God a lot of times. And, and I do, and then you know what, it's like that. You just get in with Jesus and he knows the way. And he's going to get me there without the panic, without all the high tension. Without the anxiety, without everything that my wife experiences with driving with me. And I thought, that's it. You know, come drive with me. Amen. Because I get very close to having collisions. You know, I was just just saying this morning, you know, actually, men do cause more accidents than women. No, men have more accidents than women. It's just the women that cause them. D- that's statistically true. It's, it's not, it's, <laughs> he knows the way, amen? amen? So I can sit back and relax because he knows the way. I have tried to go on the way lots of times by myself. And when I was a young pastor, I knew everything. I knew the turns and the t- but listen, the older I get, the more I realize life has so many twists. So many turns, so many different directions, so many alternative ways, so many detours, and life is full of it. And if you stay with all of that, it could drive you crazy. You need to just be with somebody who knows the way. And Jesus knows the way. Amen. So the thing is, (laughs) like... One pastor meets me, uh, not long ago, he meets me up the street. I worked with him a lot. He he runs a drug rehab and that. And for 20 years, I've been working with him every year. And then COVID comes, so I don't see him for a couple of years. So he meets me the other day down the street. And he said, Ray, Ray, so good to see you. He said, you're still above the ground. (laughs) Couldn't believe it. And I thought, you cheeky boy. Of course, I'm still above the ground. Amen. Because God hasn't intended to bury me yet. So I'm glad that I'm here this morning and appreciate being with you people. Now, here's something very important. And and I want to tell you this, that I, in seeking the Lord for this place, I have not come to preach another message. I've come to bring a word for you. And it may only apply to two or three people. Although me thinks it applies to me as well as you and probably everybody. But I want to talk this morning about something very significant that the Lord has laid in my heart. And I want to try to get through some thoughts that's really, vitally important. In my years, I've been around for a while. You could tell that, couldn't you? I've been around for a while. But now I do know this. When I was a young pastor, I knew everything. I did I could tell everybody everything, but you know, the older I have got, the less I know. That's the truth. And I know that it's very, very important because <laughs> one, uh, one pastor just asked me two weeks ago, and he says, yeah, he to me, well, he says, he calls me Doc. He said, okay, Doc, he said, what are you now learning? What are you learning? And I said, you know, here's the thing. I'm actually doing far more on learning than learning. Amen. I have learned so many things. And then I think, what does all that mean to me now? The one thing I know that Jesus says in Luke 21, that horrific chapter about eschatology, and he talks about when it comes to the end time. And one of the things that he says, he says in an age in which that's going to look like, he said, whatever you do, he said, travel light. Travel light. Don't carry all those wonderful head knowledge stuff, all those worries, all those fears, all those things, all the things that weigh you down. Because you know why? It was a nightmare downsizing. And if anybody's done downsizing, you will know what that's like. It's a nightmare. I mean, we were giving our kids stuff and friends stuff and charity stuff and I'm trying to pull it back and I want to hold on to it. And I said to Kath, it's all right for you because she's mocking me. And I said, it's all right for you. I said, most of the stuff that I can see going is mine. And she said, because you're a hoarder, I've given stuff away. I said, well, I haven't seen it. We hold on to so much, don't we? Accumulate so much, get so many things, and so this morning, the title of my message is, which may be somewhere on a screen or somewhere. They said they would follow me this morning, but that may be a problem. <laughs> hey, would you like to put the title up? And is that there, is there a board or is there a screen? There is people up there. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I can't see you. Living with innocence. Living with innocence. I want the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts this morning. And for some of you, this is very specific because I knew, I, I, you know that you know when you go preaching somewhere, you want to take so many, say so many things, talk about so many things. This is what I know that God has given me for this morning. Amen. And that you would be. Let's just look at what the Webster Dictionary defi- definition of innocence. Let's put that up. It's now up already. You see that. Freedom from guilt or sin through being acquainted with evil. Blamelessness. Lack of knowledge. Freedom from guile or cunning. Simplicity. Lack of worldly experience or sophistication. Chastity. Unlearning. Unlearning. Do you know that there's something absolutely wonderful about not knowing? We want to know why do we want to know? But I want to know, 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 but I want to know. Do you know all the time we want to know? Why do we get that? We got that in the garden. We got it from eating from the tree of the knowledge. We want to know. We get knowledge and we want to eat from the tree. There's incredible freedom in not knowing. Not knowing gets you into serious trouble if you know. But not knowing set you free. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, you're thinking, you think now you can see that he's getting old and it doesn't matter to him. But I want you to hear how important that really is. Because even prayer in itself is a willingness to, is a willingness to say, I don't know. Father, I, I just don't know. But I want to know, but I don't know. And you see how good it is getting older? You don't need to know. <laughs> Amen. You need to know when you're young. But you don't need to know. It's a simplicity of prayer. Father, do you see, we come in prayer so much as, Father, I need to know about this, and I need to know this, and I need to know this direction. See, it was just like me traveling with, with Alan from the airport. I just sit back. I don't even need to know. I don't even have to care. I just sit back and and relax. And he knows. And if he knows, why do I need to be bothered about knowing? All I need to do, we talked so much about the name of Jesus this morning and sang beautifully and what an incredible music that was this morning. That was just so good. It really was great. It's all about Jesus. And see, that's the great thing about it. And I said to Alan, I Alan, I wouldn't have a clue how to get out of this place. I'm so good. I'm so glad that you know. I'm so glad you know. And with you knowing, I'm relaxed. With you knowing, I'm not anxious. With you knowing, I'm not worried about my destination. With you knowing, and with me not knowing, I'm completely at peace. I'm completely relaxed. That's my Christian life. That's our Christian life, amen. The less you know, the less anxious you are. The less worry you have, the less fears you have, the less you know. We worry because we know. We fear because we know. We are anxious because we know. And we know because we've been eating from the cursed tree telling us that this is how it should be. What I need to know is him. Amen. Amen. Because he gets me in the vehicle and I'm riding with Jesus. Amen. And he dispels all fear, all anxiety, all worry. Amen. I know looking back in my life, the greatest problems I've had is not my ignorance. It's been what I thought I knew. Living with innocence. Because we don't pray like that, just saying I don't know. Generally, we're praying like... Samuel says to the Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. He was listening. So much of my prayers, lots of times have been, listen, Lord, because I'm speaking. (laughs) I get so much to say. One time I was in my office and I was really going to town with God. I mean, I'm laying it out. I can talk and talk fast. (laughs) And I'm talking and talking and talking and I got this to pray about and that to pray about and something else to pray about and I'm bringing down heaven because I know Pentecostal movement. (laughs) And in the midst of all of my shouting at God, I heard it so clearly and God spoke to me and he said, you talk too much. It was an Irish too. <laughs> God speaks in a lot of languages. You see, I was in, down in Mississippi over there in the US, I've been there numbers of times, there's a great, huge campsite there, and, and uh, I go there, and I had just, uh, the Lord had just spoken to me, and so I was so excited about the whole thing, and I was talking about it at the camp, and I said to the director's wife, you know, telling her, and she looks at me and says, Oh, Ray, the Lord would never say that to you. You talk too much. And she was mocking me. She was mocking me. God wouldn't dare say that to me. I said, yes, well, he did. Just coming to prayer with such a willingness to hold on, not looking for any answers, because he is the answer. Because he is the answer. Mark, when when I I've travelled, as you know, lots and when I was little as Mark was little and he was the eldest boy and he's only little, and I would go away and I'd come home in my vehicle and I'd pull up and I'd get out. And he'd run out and he'd race out and he'd meet me. And at this point he couldn't at this point he couldn't talk yet. But he would run out and he'd Threw his arms around my legs and he held on to me and he looked up into my face and he says, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And my heart swelled up and I felt like a million dollars and I'd have given him anything. And then he got older. <laughs> and then he knew. I would arrive home. He would fly out. What'd you bring me? (laughs) What did you get me? Our prayer time. You know, when you're first saved, you don't know anything. So you just say, daddy, 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 daddy. Then you get saved, well, now God's got to do this because we've been told a message that God's got to heal everybody and God's got to meet everybody and they've got to give everybody's gotta get their finances done and everybody's got that. Well, I'll tell you something, that's not true life. It isn't real life. Because everybody doesn't get healed. I've buried my own grandson. I I have buried my nephew. I have been through people and watched them. No, everybody does not. But we believed that they did. And in one time I would have argued, well, there's something wrong with you if you didn't get healed. But you know what? That's a problem in our philosophy, because we got to know. And we read a scripture that suited it, because we love to be consumers. And we love getting something. And once we move past that, when I was first born again, I'll tell you something. I was on my way to a soccer match. God got hold of me. And you know what? I was just out of an abusive home life. And I'm telling you, I was just so in love with Jesus. And I didn't know a single thing. Not a single thing. I just was in love with Jesus. I on my old farm loft up there on our farm. And then my old farm loft. And I lay up in my farm loft and I just spent time with him. I didn't know I had to ask him for anything because I hadn't learned anything yet. I had no more knowledge of anything. All I knew is I knew him. I had met him. I didn't need to ask for anything. All I needed to be with him, and he was the answer. I didn't know that, but then I got educated. In fact, some people might not like my next statement but I had the most incredible relationship with God until I learned theology. <laughs> so now you're saying we don't learn theology. Well, if you want to interpret it like that, you go ahead. <laughs> that's true. Because I knew now this is what you're going to do. These are the things you've got to do. These are the things you've got to do. Hold on. That isn't true. Because I know that that's not true. Because I didn't need any of this. I didn't need any of it at all. I didn't need pamphlets on how to read the Bible. Like the prophet, I just ate it. I didn't need anybody to tell me seven steps to prayer. I just prayed, but I didn't know what to pray for, so I just hung out with God. And I'm telling you now, I don't need to ask these things at all. It's just more important now to hang out with God. Just to hang out with God is such a pity that you come to know. So I know you can interpret a lot of things for that. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, the Bible says, he walked with God, he hung out with God, and he was not. And you know what One of the most wonderful things is, when you hang out with God, you become a was not. You're not important anymore. It isn't about you anymore because you've now fallen in love with Jesus. You've now identified yourself with him and now you're a was-not. I always wanted to be somebody because I grew up in a very lowly farm from an abusive lifestyle and I wanted like to be somebody. Do you know something? It's far better to be a was-not because you're walking with God. Amen. Who knows everything? It's not that we were exempt from knowledge, we're just getting it from the right source. Yeah, right. Amen. The, 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 Adam and Eve are in the garden. They eat from the tree they were forbidden to eat from, and they hid themselves. And God comes looking for them. And isn't this an amazing thing? God says, Where are you, Adam? <laughs> Imagine God getting caught offside. I just created the heavens and the earth and human beings and now I don't even know where he is. (laughs) Identify yourself. Do you know something? Let me just say something to you. I want to drop this into some hearts this morning because I believed this when I was praying and seeking the Lord and I believed this and some of these things, maybe specifically for some of you, they would be for all of us, but they hid themselves. Why did God ask them? Not because he didn't know where they were. But God, no matter what's happened to you, don't hide from me. Don't hide yourself. They said we were naked. Do you know that there's nothing worse than sitting in the presence of God and feeling naked? What you've done wrong, where you're not at, what you should have done right, where you have messed up, where you have sinned, where something has gone wrong. And I tell you, that's when the enemy wants you to hide from God because God's not going to be happy with you and God's not going to be pleased with you. But God says, where are you? I want you to come out regardless of what you've done. Regardless of where you've been, come out. Come into my presence. Don't ever allow your life circumstances, your issues, your problem, your sin, your stuff ups, don't allow anything to ever stop you falling into the arms of Jesus. Amen. Don't ever allow it. I watch here. I've been just watching the little kids even here. And and it's it's an amazing thing, isn't it? They go over. They fall over. They trip over. They run into something. They do some damage to something. And you know, I just watch them. And the next thing, they fly in straight to their parent. Straight to their parent. Regardless, all I know, it's a safe place. I need to go to God because it's a safe place. And the devil doesn't want you to go to God because you're ashamed I'm naked and I hid myself. <laughs> Do you identify with that at all? Yeah. Because I know that the Lord is saying something to us that's so easy to hide. And remember this, even though they couldn't stay with the tree of life and be in the state they were in and they were out of the garden, just remember the Bible says, and God followed them out of the garden. He didn't throw them on their own and say, I'm up, finished with you now. He followed them out of the garden. It don't matter where you go, how far you go, whatever happens to you, he's following you. He is never leaving you. He is never going away from you. He is with you in your pain and your suffering and your heartache and your mistakes and your sin. And he's with you no matter what. We take ourselves away from him, but he always says, come on to me, all you. Not some of you, all of you. Are you excited about this at all? So I I need to say to you this morning, regardless of where you may be, what state you may be in, the things you think are unforgivable, the mistakes you've made, the mess you got into, he wants you to come just as you are. We hide from God in the church and we hide from God in our image and we hide from God because we're scared of God's people more than we are of God. So we don't want them to know because you know what they do. Listen, you and I have a God who comes to us and he's with us. Amen, all the time. We live in such an age of knowledge that we continue to lose our innocence. Let's read a scripture together. Shall we do that? Just put the scripture up for me, if you will. This is out of a Greek version, but I I want you to to, to hear this, please. While you diligently rehearse the exact qualities of every divine attribute within you, the volume will rise with ever-increasing gusto, guarding you from being ineffective and barren in the knowledge of Christ. Uh, the knowledge of the Christ life displayed with such authority and eloquence in Jesus. If anyone feels that these things are absent in their life, they are not. Spiritual blindness and short-sightedness only vile them from us. This happens when one loses sight of one's innocence. The moment we forget the tremendous consequences of the fact that we were cleansed from our past sin, one seems to become preoccupied by it again with the immediate sensual horizon, which is what short-sightedness is all about. This makes one blind to his blessings. Spiritual reality suddenly seem vague and distant. Practice your innocence. Practice your innocence. I was in... Um, I was, Anybody been in a Rodney Hard Brown meeting at all? You don't even know who he is, do you? Well, it's a meeting that you will never forget, so if you're in it, you'd know it. It's radical. He came from Toronto, and it was associated with a Toronto blessing. And I mean, it was radical. People were making noises. It was completely out of everything I'd ever seen, and I was birthed into Pentecost. And it came, it was a way out of everything I've ever I've never seen such uh, uh, radical approaches. And I was in there, and I was going to do a seminar, and the church is sending me up to do the seminar. And to, do the, to go to the conference, because I was going to go into a seminar. And so they said, just spend a week, and the church will sort you out and, and, and pay you for the conference for a week, the minister's conference. So I went there. There's about 13,000 in the entertainment hall in Brisbane. And so we went up there. I went up there, and I sat there. I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe it. I sat there, and I could not believe the noise, the yelling, the screaming. The no- and I just, I mean, this has nothing to do with Christianity at all. And I'm sitting there, and then I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. If you've been in the entertainment hall, you'll realize all concrete stuff got all the way down. And I'm sitting there, and this lady falls over. She's an elderly lady, and she falls over on this concrete. And I'm watching her. Nobody's helping her. Nobody's coming to her aid. So I says to the Lord, in the middle of this noise, why is somebody not caring for this woman? And out of the screaming, yelling and everything else, God spoke to me. You know what? It's amazing. You can be in the greatest chaos of your life and that still small voice can come through. Yeah. It can still speak to you. Yeah, it it's so good, isn't it? And God speaks to me and he said, did the church pay you here to criticize? <laughs> Sometimes God's not nice to me. <laughs> and of course, what do you say to God. If you don't agree with God, you're in trouble. And I says, well, no. So I repented. And then I said, I hadn't finished (laughs) because then I said, well, Lord, you need to tell Rodney Hard Brown to bring order into this outfit. This is not scriptural. And it's clear as clear in the midst of the screaming, yelling, howling, and everything else that's going on, God spoke to me, and he said, this is none of your business. Go back to your days of innocence. Do you know what? That still resounds inside of me. When I was preparing this, that came to me so clearly. Go back to your days of innocence. When I knew the least, I experienced the most. When I knew the most, the least I experienced the most. Go back to your days of innocence. I didn't. I didn't have any questions, because I didn't know what to ask. I didn't have any questions because I didn't need any answers, because I'd found the answer. He was Jesus. I didn't need to be told how to pray. I was just hanging out with God. I didn't need to be encouraged to go to church. I didn't need anybody to entertain me. I wanted to be with God's people. I, I was just innocent. And whatever was going on, I swallowed it. Oh, that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Yeah, you don't trust the pastor, so you don't trust God. When Paul had his incredible conversion on the Damascus Road, he went against all protocol And instead of going down to Jerusalem and checking it all out with the rest of the apostles, which should have been done, Paul says, I did not go to Jerusalem. And he went to Siberia. He said, because I did not want to know more about Jesus, I wanted to experience him for myself. Do you know the greater problem in sitting in church is just knowing about Jesus, knowing more about Jesus. Oh boy, that he's good. Boy, he speaks well. Boy, he's got a lot of good information. But he brought a lot of good aspects of it. And it was like Charles Spurgeon. In Charles Spurgeon's day, one of the great prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, in in that time... People were, they were doing a series and bringing in these various men on Jesus. And different men came, great men, came and preached on Jesus. And people were walking outside and listening to some of them. And they were saying, oh, what an incredible orator he is. How well he explains Jesus. How much he brings Jesus. And they were saying those kind of things. And on the last day, Spurgeon came. And Spurgeon preached on Jesus. And people came walking outside the church... And all of them with one voice were saying this. What a savior. What a savior. What a savior. What a savior. savior." Spurgeon preached about knowing Jesus, not about Jesus. You can know a lot about Jesus and it'll do nothing for you. It'll fill your head with knowledge and it'll help you in no way, only about Jesus. Amen. Where Where are you going? did you hear me say I go back. you should be driving like Alfred and, and not jumping the gun oh, I can't believe it In Luke's chapter, I'm still going for a bit, but not too loud if you're going on to the thing because I don't really need an accompaniment. <laughs> in Luke's gospel, chapter 18, it says, now children were trying to get to Jesus, but the adult leadership said no. The adult leader said, said get away. Not for you. You don't come. You don't come so close. And here's what Jesus said. And we got in a, you could put that in a PowerPoint because she's only helping me here. We got it in a PowerPoint, so we can get this up. Can you do that, please? And so we go permit where are you at? Is that it? Permit the little children to come to me. For such is the kingdom of heaven. I love the Passion version that says this. Let them come, for they listen to this carefully. Let them come, for they demonstrate to you what faith is all about. Learn this well. Unless you receive the revelation of the kingdom realm, the same way a child receives it, you will never be able to enter in. How powerful is that? And he even goes on to say, then whoever humbled himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know what? It's not about getting big, knowing all this stuff and being somebody really important. It's about humbling ourselves. And a recognition for knowing Jesus, a recognition for just being in love with Jesus. Go back into your days of innocence. Just let's live with innocence. You know what it removes so many things from our lives. Amen. Life, life with its circumstances, its failures, its disappointments, its suffering, its discouragement, interpret through our finite minds, can take our edge off our innocence, take our edge off trust and dependency, and even make us cynical but when we have a revelation that we have a God who loves us so incredibly and allows us to go back humbling myself humbling myself is not saying I am nothing it's saying I have nothing Jesus I come to you I come before the cross nothing in my hands I bring simply to your cross I cling. That's what I need to be. I am asking this morning for the Holy Spirit to help you because I, I work constantly day after day and I listen to so many people who are so anxious and full of fear and they're so worried about the circumstances of the world and the politics of the world and everything is taking place and everything is going on and they say, but we have to know. But we need to know what's happening. We need to know all that. I tell you what I do. I need to tell you something. It doesn't do you any good. And, and and everybody has an opinion. But if you only have an opinion or something, it doesn't matter what it is, it just drives it just drives nothing but divisiveness. It just separates people. And ha- and that's not what the gospel's about. The gospel's about embracing everybody. The gospel's about embracing all kinds of people. Those are Jesus looks down at people that just killed him and he said, Father, forgive them. Man. I can forgive you if you repent enough. Just make sure you repent enough one pastor came to me he's working with somebody he said I need help with you ready to work with this guy he said he's not repentant enough I said really what does that look like would you like to look with a feeler maybe you know temperament of a feeler they'll repent fast they'll cry like mad just to get over the thing quickly so punishment can be quick and fast and get out of there tears doesn't mean you're repentant it could but it doesn't mean it no no No, no, He accepts me and it's in that kind of acceptance that I am drawn to Him. It's in that kind of unconditional love that I'm drawn to Him. I know I am already forgiven. All I need to do is accept the forgiveness. The gift is there for every individual, every single person. The gift is always there. All you and I need to do is accept it. It's not something we have to do six steps for, break seven chains, try all kinds of formulas, no. It's about the realization I'm completely innocent. I haven't got a clue. But I know who does. And I go with my innocence to him. So I'm just going to run off, you know, just a few little things. It won't be long. You, do, you, do you want a coffee or something? Are you all right? I just don't want you to get anxious because we're not right now. I'm sure there's a... I'm sure there's a law. That's why I'm only back here every so often. (laughs) Now, because of what's happening, you're going to have to develop the rest yourself. But I'm going to lay some things out for you. And we're going to just put them on one after another on the screen and have a quick little look, because here's what I want to expound on. Except you become as a little child. Can I plant what that might look like. There's a whole lot more. This is not exhaustive by any means. But I, I want them to drop into your heart and I want you to look at those who are bec- becoming a little child. Except we become as a little child. A little child. So dependent. Let's, let me look with you some things. I've just jotted down. You can develop them and you can add to them. But now, one, maybe I got them on there, so are you still there with me? Yes, you are. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, I only see red. And I it seems like you might be right. <laughs> All right. One, they have total innocence. Innocence is living in his love, free from fear, free from worry, free from condemnation, just living in love. You just live in love. It's just so beautiful to live in his love. Number two, they're not yet learning theology. They go with the heart and not with the head. His love and acceptance for us is not by acceptance, sin free or accepting whatever, but it's delight in him and living in him and in his love. It's based on nothing. You know what? If God's love was based on your behavior or my behavior, then all we would have to do is have wrong behavior and his love would collapse. Whatever you're going to base that theology on, it'll collapse if it's wrongly based. And I want to tell you this morning, his love is unchanging and there's nothing you can do to change that and there's nothing you can do to alter that and there's nothing you can do to escape from that. He loves you. Why? Because you are his and you belong to him and you were created by him and we are his people. And he looks at us in our greatest and most miserable say and he said, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is not coming because how pure I am, how wonderful I am, how great I am. It comes because I have a God who loves me so much, he forgives me regardless. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? No, sorry, I started to explain these things. (laughs) Just like these little children here, they are totally dependent on their parents. Are you on the next one? They are totally dependent on their parents. In a world of independence, Wholeness can only be found in dependence. Oh, I love this one. I put this down. they got no past. A child has got no past. Do you know what cripples so many people I'm working with? Their past. Their past. Their past. Everybody in this room has a past. And the enemy wants to use the past to beat you in the present and to neutralize you in the present and to make you ineffective in the present and to get you to worry and to get you to stop thinking about how good God is how good his love is but children, except he become as a little child there is no past the past is at Calvary the past is dealt with whether it was yesterday or last year or before you were born again we have such a wonderful gospel for on-site people but a putrid gospel for Christians They have no past. Is your past getting to you? Is your past affecting you? Is your past catching up on you? Is your past creating problems for you? Listen, become of a little child. You get no past. Your past is removed. Your past is forgiven. Do you believe that this morning? Or are you just listening to me out so the music can start again? <laughs> they have not developed any worldly knowledge. They have not learned yet. To eat from that cursed tree next they are therefore they are not racist color and creed makes no difference they're just totally accepting isn't it beautiful when you watch children they play with all different kinds of nationalities they play with and they they don't care they don't think about it they don't look at that color makes no difference what race they are makes no difference where they come from makes no difference boy so quickly you develop a certain way of looking at people because somehow you know what do you know nothing Just nothing. Amen. It's accepting, not just the people that we love, but the people we wouldn't normally like. It moves everything away. As a little child, we're just completely innocent until somebody tells us, stay away from them. They're not good. Why are they not good? Oh, because we don't do that. (laughs) See see how narrow-minded we become? Yes, okay. Therefore, they do not... Children, therefore, they do not judge, they do not criticize, they don't gossip because they get nothing to gossip about, and they never worry. What about being a little child? That's not a bad deal to become as a little child. They bounce back quickly from a fall, an injury, or a hurt, and they just run in to their mother's arms. Do you know that they tell us statistically in this culture that a little child smiles 300 times in one day? A 60-year-old smiles three times. What happened between 6 and 60? The more innocent you are, the more you smile. You know why? Because you get nothing to stop your smile. They get nothing to make you frown. They get nothing to make you fear. They get nothing to create. And you just smile. Amen. You can smile because he takes the clouds away. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop now. You know what I want to do? Can I uh, take a moment? Um, I have felt when I've been preparing this, I've looked at so much and gone over and over as I've been preparing and coming. And I have, I really believe that, We need to just take a moment, if you're okay with that, and I just take a moment, and I really want us to consider this morning of just letting go of the things that we have learned so much that's brought us into bondage, to fear, to condemnation, to regret, questioning God about why somebody is sick, why does somebody die? You know what? The greatest problem with that is people say, do you hear these questions? Why do people say, if God was like this, why did he let somebody die? Why did he let somebody suffer? Why did he let somebody go through that? And they become disillusioned. You know why they become disillusioned? Because they've been serving a wrong God. They've been serving a wrong God. That's not who God is. Jesus said, if I went through this, you will. And a servant is no greater than his master. We have made promises to people because that's what we believe it's supposed to be like. But I tell you, the church of Jesus Christ is entering a period of time when there are no pin-up people in society anymore and persecution's going to come. I need us to live in complete innocence regardless of what we're being told and what the culture is trying to tell us or anything else and that we're not wise in these things but wise in the knowledge of him. Do you know, just for a moment, I, I, I feel, that, and I don't do this very much, which you will know, but I am going to have a kind of a little altar call. And, and, and you can, if you want to, come. But I would just love a moment of total surrender to allowing ourselves and say, Father, that's what I just want to be. I just want to live with my innocence. Oh, how good it would be to be so innocent. I wouldn't be carrying this burden and I wouldn't be carrying these fears and I wouldn't be carrying these questions and I wouldn't be... Que-. Do you know something? The closer you live to God, the less questions you have. Would you like to do that with me this morning? Because I believe God was speaking to hearts. I knew that when I was preparing that there's a special thing that God has really laid in my heart for you. And if that's the case, we will stand and. We can do it in our seats if we want to for a few moments. But if you really want to come out this morning and make a declaration of humility, of my absolute and total need for him, and that I can let go of all the stuff that's been holding on to me, holding me down, causing me anguish, causing me anxiety, causing me fear, causing me those things. You know what? If you want to, you can come out the front and for a few moments, we'll just wait in the presence of God. Would you do that? So you can just lift the temple just a little bit. So it's okay because I stopped talking. And, uh, can we do that? Is that all right? Let's do it. Let's stand. And if you feel this morning, you can do business with God in your seat, but could you believe this? I didn't come down here just to I didn't come down here just to preach a message. I came down here because I knew that God was going to speak to people and there are things that you're holding on to, things that's really been really been affecting you, things that's been stopping you, the anxiety, the fears, the worry, the questions, things about friends, people who have died, close people who are suffering. Why, 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 why? Do you know what? Only God knows all the answers. There is no answers. Don't ask some spiritual leader to tell you the answers. We can give you a lot of reasons why people suffer, but you know, the thing is, all we know is we have a God and we trust God. And this morning, if you have done that, I want us in this moment to be surrendering and and the ministry can come with me if you like, but, but I would just like to pray because I have so strongly felt and I don't do a prayer line I tell you anybody here knows I seldom ever do a prayer line I've just been so sure that God was speaking to people that he wants them to be free and just go back to your days of innocence and by doing so I'm humbling myself and said father I don't know what you do I have so glad my past is not holding me up anymore I'm not capt- captured and captivated by that I'm captivated by his love yes. He loves you. Please just let it go this one, His love. His love. Pastor, would you like to come and help me? And we, we just, just take a moment. And you in your own seat, please don't just watch people at the front. Would you just take it yourself and, and go to God and say, Father, I really do want that kind of innocence. Don't wait till you're my age to find out that you need to be innocent. Right now is a moment of humility. Father, I have nothing to say except I need you. I just want this morning because I so felt the Spirit of God praying. Would you just come for a moment, okay?